Today we have Peter with us, who runs a YouTube channel. Go straight into it, Peter, if you could introduce your YouTube channel and um, what you do. Well, the channel right now is called Super Empath Uprising, and uh, but that channel is going to, I'm sorry, Super Empath Central, but we're going to change that channel to, uh, I get these messages in the middle of the night uh, from from another realm, and what I keep seeing over and over is that, that this is the Empath Uprising, so we're going to change the channel to Empath Uprising, because that's what I believe the groundswell of movement is, that we've broken away from the pack of of empaths who see themselves as as codependent victims of the narcissist and uh we're starting a revolution a groundswell of powerful empaths that are that are taking back the top of the food chain okay pete when you say empaths and super empaths um can you just kind of give a clear definition on the, the very what what you see as the the differentiation between the two empaths right, well, and super empaths Empaths are classically targeted by narcissists, and the reason is because um, empaths have a lot of wounds. They have a lot of wounded. They have a lot of wounding in their inner child, and a lot of that reason is because empaths grew up in the same type of dysfunctional family environment that narcissists did. And so narcissists understand that if they can, if they can seek out victims that have already been groomed for abuse to tolerate dysfunction, to tolerate. Uh, being uh, abused, devaluated, invalidated. If they can seek out victims like that, then they have they can secure a very reliable source of narcissistic supply. And uh, what a lot of narcissists have found is sometimes they uh, they find themselves entangled with a different kind of empath, an empath that is not that has been yeah you know, raised in dysfunction, probably had at least one narcissistic parent. I had two, mm-hmm. um, but is not. Is not the willing victim. Uh, you know, they, they, we are the victims that the quote unquote victims, we're not victims at all, that the narcissist, <laughs> under, <laughs> we're the victims that the narcissist underestimated and found that they, we, we are more than their match. And uh, as a result, many of us send the narcissist running with his tail between his legs. I think that's a very interesting point, you know, the kind of the enemy that was never meant to be the enemy in the first place. And You've created a fire that can't really be put out, if that makes sense. That's how I feel, at least from my perspective, yeah. Absolutely. Most of us did not know who we were before we got entangled with a narcissist. And, uh, you know, their little game of uh, idealization, devalue, discard, and replace really woke us up to the fact that, man, we are a different kind of empath. We're the kind of empath that doesn't is not going to sit there and take abuse like a codependent. And when we are pushed to the limit, we will explode back on the narcissist in a way that delivers one devastating narcissistic injury after another and forces them to disengage the fight. Did you think, Pete, disengage the fight in terms of one-on-one, or would you think they'd continue the fight with other people? Do you see it as a continual process, or do you see it as eventually a super empath or retaliation from, say, a super empath would maybe balance the scales in terms of their life, or would you see it as it's something they will eternally do? How do you kind of look at it like? Well, typically the supernova self-preservation reflexive explosive uh, attack state is mm. is triggered unconsciously. Uh, okay. A lot of us don't, we don't know that we're super empaths. Um, it, it just, the constant uh, abuse by uh, a narcissist 
triggers this warrior state unconsciously and we have this reflexive explosion back at the narcissist where we see ourselves doing things that we'd never seen ourselves doing before in an act of self-preservation. We become vicious, cold and calculating just like the narcissist and we typically, <laughs> you know, I put a video uh, on my channel that is set to premiere on Friday that, that I'm, I'm, I'm kind of struggling with because I don't know if I want to put it up, but it is, it is a psychological assassination of uh, how to deal a death blow to a narcissist, a psychological death blow that causes a narcissistic injury, basically recreates their core wounding, the trauma that forced them to become this soulless uh, consumer of, of people's, uh, destroying people's lives, this junkie uh, chasing after narcissistic supply, you know, consumer of, uh, of, of other people's souls. And, you know, Inevitably, they run into one of us and we turn the tables on them in a way that is so shocking to both them and us and really sends them reeling like they narcissists are very. This is a very uh, little known fact that narcissists are incredibly delicate and fragile and cannot sustain a fight once that we've hit them in that core content, core wounding and recreated their original trauma. And this is something that Sam Vaknin does in his revolutionary cold therapy. He actually reenacts the trauma from the perspective of the parental figure that caused the trauma in the first place. He taps into the power of transference and gets the client to basically see him as the parental role model that caused the trauma, inflicts a devastating narcissistic injury, which destroys the false self, causes the, the narcissist to, to suffer a collapse where they are basically put at an impasse where they can either evolve and grow into the false self or just you know, reel back retreating. And um, for, for, for at least the narcissist that I've come along, they, once, I've once I've delivered that decisive death blow and recreated their original trauma, man, they don't want anything to do with me. They, they flee so quickly, it's not even funny. And they don't, wanna, they don't even want to see my name again. You know what I mean? So <laughs> it's serious business when you're messing with a super empath. We are just, we've got narcissistic traits wired into us. And we, once those traits are activated, man, you are talking about narcissist versus narcissist. And there is no quarter granted, none given. It's uh, all out war. I agree. <laughs> it's, it's all out war and it doesn't last long because with the right super empath, a mature super empath who's developed their psychic abilities, we can get inside of the narcissist neurology and deliver a death blow so devastating, it literally recreates their core trauma and uh, sends them reeling. Like literally, they disappear into the ether, never to be heard from again. There's no even, there's not even an attempt at a Hoover or anything like that. Well, I, well, I spoke to you the other day and I'm still, I think, kind of in early stages. I've probably, I'd say I could probably kind of woken up to reality or how things were. Probably I'd say 2012. So I was... I'm 26 now, so I was 18 at the time, um, and I'm still going through some awakening, I would say. It's a, I'd say it's a continual process. I don't think there's ever a kind of end point until you die. That's my own belief. But what advice would you give people to, say, develop their psychological gifts or the gifts they have inside or something like that? Well, uh, here's the thing about super empaths. Super empaths have a natural, because we have a dark side, and this gets very, it's very little airplay. Dark uh, Hayoka, what the Lakota tribe called us, the, the sacred clown or the uh, sacred fool. We are the, we are very, very much contrarians, and we are drawn to very, very many times to the dark side of psychology. I spent many years as an instructor of the pickup arts. I'm a former nightclub promoter, and okay. so. Um, so I helped men become very successful with women. 
And so I studied the, the dark arts of the psychology, the dark side of psychology, and many, many uh, super empaths I've noticed have a draw to this, this darker side of psychology. And so the psychic powers are very much wired into the super empath, um, but it's really up to us to develop those powers to, uh, because most empaths, they see these powers as a curse. They see them, they're like, they wish they never had them and they wish that these things weren't thrust upon them and they wish they couldn't see inside the neurology, psychological and emotional states of others. And so they swear these things down. Super empaths aren't like that. We're very much in touch with our dark side. We have very much integrated our shadow, especially the, the more mature super empaths. We've, we've integrated that shadow and it's a devastating force against a narcissist. No narcissist. I mean, we can, we can be more devastating, more abusive. It's literally a case of where the abused becomes the abuser. And that's why the fight doesn't last long. I think the, str the stronger the enemy, the stronger we, we would become in that sense. I think you, the more you're pushed, the more you, the reaction force blows back. Absolutely. Well, I mean, we basically are the narcissist karma. You know, they've probably had a trail of broken bodies in their, in their wake. And then they run into one of us and then they get a, they get a serious wake up call. They're no longer sitting comfortably at the top of the food chain. Where do you, you talk about the empath uprising. Do you see it? Like in the world, long term, how do you kind of envision it as in leading society, as in leading local communities, as in how do you, how, how do you envision, what do you envision this uprising, say, in 10 years? Um, well, the empath uprising is not something that I'm envisioning. It's something that I'm pulling together as a tribe and then that the tribe is itself going to direct. But what I've seen, mm. what I've seen uh, intuitively is that we are within this uh, great awakening that we're experiencing right now, this period of transformation, that phenomenon is this epiphenomenon that I'm calling the empath uprising because that's the, that's the, that's literally the name I've heard in my intuition from my, from my higher self. Okay. Um, and I'm not going to be the solitary leader here. So I can't say that I know what the vision is, what my, what my calling is very clearly. And I've, I've felt this for over a year now is that uh, I'm to pull together a tribe and that tribe is to create the groundswell that is to uh, lead this empath uprising, to wake up all of the other, our, all of our empathic brethren and to pull them up out of the victim mire. This is, this is the one situation that, that would drove me crazy when I went to the, all these other empath challenges and, and read like posts on Quora about empaths, narcissists being the empath's worst, worst nightmare. It's like, no, man, I'm here to flip the script. I'm, I'm here to wake up. <laughs> I'm here Absolutely. to wake up other, yeah, I'm wake up empaths. They're, they're, let them know that they're not these codependent, pathetic victims who are just going to be narc food for the rest of their life. That we, we uh, once we uh, embrace our inherent, and our inherent gifting, our empathic gifting, and use it for the, for the good of mankind, that we're not out here just causing damage and a trail of destruction, uh, you know, like a narcissist would, you know, for our own benefit. This is for the greater uh, benefit of mankind altogether. And empaths are going to be the leaders of this, of this revolutionary uh, tilt from, from a narcissistic society to a much more empathic society. Do you yourself, Pete, see Pete, society split between narcissists and empaths, or do you envision just normal people as well kind of in the mix? How do you kind of see that? The, the empaths are, are starting to wake up right now. Okay. You've you got to understand, like, this, this whole notion of empath didn't exist 10 years ago. Okay. So it's a very recent phenomenon in that sense. Absolutely. I mean, I only came, I only 
came to this notion uh, six or seven months ago by the hands of a covert narcissist. So if it resides within us that we are meant to be empathic beings that tilt this world from the narcissistic culture that it is now, now make no mistake, I'm going to say something that's going to be very controversial and very profound. To those who it resonates with, it's going to, it's going to really uh, kick them into uh, a supercharged state. This entire culture, this entire society, everything from our school system to our mainstream media, to, to our social media, our culture in general, the fashion industry, feminism, all this stuff is completely tilted towards a self-absorbed narcissistic bent. These other offshoot uh, reflexive groups like uh, MGTOW and uh, incels and all, they're all a completely narcissistic, self-absorbed, self-interested, service-to-self type of energy. And the oneness aspect, dualism exactly it's it's all about duality and the the empath uprising is a groundswell that i that i see and if my other empathic brethren are in resonance with me that we see uniting humanity moving from from duality to oneness and sometimes we've got to break some eggs to make an omelet and uh, and the (laughs) the broken eggs are going to be the the carcasses of the narcissist that we leave in our trail that that for me, Pete, the heat has to be right in order for the omelet to cook, and the fire has to be nice and hot as well. That's Brilliant. Brilliant analogy. It's your, yes. it's your, your metaphor. I'm just kind of just uh, enhancing <laughs> it just a slight. Yeah. <laughs> I like it. No, I saw your channel, and I was just like, I, I just, I'm really glad I managed to be able to contact you and do this, so like, even spread the word further, and you know, hopefully other people will do the same as well. It's, um, it, it really is a pleasure to have you, honestly. Thank you very much. It's... Um, it's wonderful. It really is. It's like a yeah, breath of. Fr- it's like a breath of fresh air. It's my pleasure. It's my calling. It's something I feel divinely guided to do. And uh, I think that from at this point, uh, we're going to see a lot of our empathic brethren rise up and and take the helm of this empathic uprising. I might be somebody who started the groundswell, but uh, um, I what I want to do is is create a tribe where basically anybody can can lead the charge. We all feed off off of each other's energy. We all feed off of each other's insight and intuition as to what the next step is. It's like going up a staircase. And every time we take a step forward, the next staircase uh, stair lights up. And then we, we know what the, next, what, what the next move is and the next move is. And we all do that off of each other. We are a tribe and we are all in this collectively together. And in the, and in the long term, in the higher mind's perspective, we are all in this together, meaning we and the narcissists are all bound by soul contracts. This is why my channel does not buy into the victim narrative, the victim persecutor juvenile narrative of the three-dimensional world, where we see these, these narcissists, these evil you know, persecutors. They are here to execute soul contracts with us, to do their role, to wake us up, to be our catalyst of, of waking, uh, awaken, awakening and healing and to catalyze that process so that we can go then to the next level. Because look, I'd I'd still be asleep to who I was if it wasn't for that narcissist. And um, we've got to get to the point where we are even grateful for those situations because man, that's a a huge paradigm shift that my channel is is really pounding home. This This is not some terrible situation that happened to you and you're at the effect of, and you're just some poor victim who was taken advantage of this, that, and the other. No, this is the beginning of a new beginning for all empaths. And uh, we, we, trail, we blaze the trail from here.
we carve the path exactly we are the pathfinders and i think it, as you say taking the steps the, the next step one at a time you know that's the natural evolution of it you can't jump twice you have to go step by step by step in that way you can't so you can't miss any of anything out it's and it's and it's all that movement together you know what well, by the way pete you mentioned a tribe before um that you studied about or used to talk about what was that sorry i meant to ask the tribe of uh, what the Lakota. That was the Lakota, it, yeah, the Lakota tribe. Yeah, could you just explain yeah, that? The, the Lakota Native Americans um, would refer to a specific individual as what they call a Hayoka empath. Okay. And the Hayoka empath is basically one who sees the world in a very contrarian view. These are these are the people who create paradigm shifts. Um, they do what uh, basically what I'm doing on my channel. They create a shift in consciousness. And the shift in consciousness that our tribe is creating is this shift in consciousness from victim mentality, victim-minded consciousness that the empath, the empath, uh, our empathic brethren have been mired in to this point to, to show them how they are innately powerful. They are not these just victims who are here to be used and abused by narcissistic individuals, by predatory individuals, that we are here to create a movement towards a more empathic society a more empathic culture a more uh, to loving, create a sense more loving more yeah absolutely i mean this is this is the time man this is our time this is the empath's time and the narcissists have, they have catalyzed the situation they play a pivotal role in our awakening and for that we should be grateful you can't do it without them you know what i mean it's kind of if you want to call it the yin and the yang you need the balance in order to transmute the darkness into the light Absolutely. And because super empaths are the most courageous, the most, the most courageous and most justice minded, the most progressive of all empaths, it's on us to lead this empath uprising. Nobody else is going to do it. We've got to see what's going on. We've got to see what's happening. We've got to see the old way crumbling. And we've got to be the leaders of this groundswell, this movement towards a more empathic culture a more empathic society, a more empathic world, the, what, what Eckhart Tolle would call the new world, the new earth. Have you yourself always had a strong sense of justice since your, your young age, would you say, Pete? Or was it, say, something you kind of developed later on in life or in your adolescence? What would you say about you personally? Yeah, well, I grew up in a very dysfunctional family that there was no protection for me. So I had to learn how to protect myself. And this is a common theme among most super empaths. We grew up very unprotected and we had to learn how to protect ourselves. And as a result of that, when we see injustices happening, when we see uh, somebody being uh, unjustly assaulted or attacked or persecuted or whatever, we step up and we do the right thing. We protect those who can't protect themselves, who don't have the strength or the courage or the determination to, to and this is the one key trait that you will, not, you cannot be a super empath without this impulse to protect the weak. You cannot be a super empath. I see a lot of people talking about how they're super empaths and anybody can be a super empath. No, that's not true. You can't be a super empath if you do not have, if you have not always had this impulse to protect the weak, to defend those who cannot defend themselves. That's the key characteristic trait. Everything else can be developed. Psychic powers can be developed. You know, uh, the courage, that courage is a, is, a, is a muscle. And it is basically a muscle that grows every time you use, you use courage in the face of fear and you build confidence. Okay, so... Courage and fear are the two ingredients that build confidence. Courage plus fear equals confidence. That's what I call the confidence equation. Okay. And so a super empath is one who constantly chooses courage in the face of fear and creates confidence. And that's why 
super empaths are among the most confident uh, beings that you're ever going to find, certainly amongst the empaths. And the reason is because we've been thrust into difficult situations over and over that we've had to build up a mental toughness that isn't seen in the other empathic community and is certainly not uh, certainly not shared amongst the narcissists who are incredibly fragile and weak by comparison. Well, there's two thoughts I've had, Pete, just in like the last couple of minutes. For me, say about a year ago, I kind of got into the work of Carl Jung and integrating the shadow. And that's been a, like a long process in my life to kind of try to accept that dark part of me. Like I've always kind of had that sense of justice. And I would say I, I, that's it's always probably been there since day one. I've not been conscious of it. And I've always kind of been tried to be the nice guy or even harmless to a point, I'd say, but harmlessness, you know, gets no one anywhere. It just means you're just kind of pathetic and people will just walk all over you. And after having so many times, eventually push came to shove and, you know, you do dig your heels and you say enough is enough. And that for me, that's when, as you said, the term you said before, the, the script flipped and I managed to do that within my own life before I even found out about any of this empathic stuff before even of the Carl Jung stuff, but that just helped guide the process for me because I felt kind of isolated in my own little world. And, you know, I think it's wonderful the fact we do stuff like this because it means that you are building a community and that people can reach out if they need be. And there are kind of those lights in the darkness to help guide them if they need it. And I think it's that that's what's really good for, for us to do this kind of thing. And, you know, I, I wish you especially luck with that. I really do. And the second thought I had was um, I was watching Lord of the Rings the other day, which, well, there's many points in that I'm sure we could actually interrelate with this. Points are always related in my head to everything. It just kind of naturally happens. But Frodo, like, doesn't want to destroy, he, you know, he's like to Gandalf, why does this happen to me? You know, and his Gandalf is like, it's not up for you to decide. All you have to do is to decide what the time that is given to you. You know, you said all, all these narcissists and all the hurt that's happened. That was, as you say about the soul contracts, that was always probably destined to happen. And you can either whine about it and cry, or as the term you used in your video the other day, I think it was accountability. And you can actually point the finger at yourself and say, yes, that might have been the trigger for it, but I allowed that to happen. And because I allowed that to happen, you're basically giving consent and how reality works and everything. That means it's going to naturally continue. The cycle will continue until you can break out of that. So I think there's a, a big responsibility on people to to wake up and smell the coffee and often, you know, it's, it's right there in front of your face and, you know, you might be able to see it, but you kind of just accept it and just kind of go along, go along with it. And for me, as I said, when push came to shove, I just dug my heels and said, no. And that, that kind of, I think that, that, that has to be this breaking point for people. Maybe. Well, one, one thing that keeps narcissists and borderline disordered individuals stuck is their victim mentality, their, in, their external locus. They externalize their locus of control. And blame is a prison. And this is what, this is the, this is, if people get nothing else from my videos and my channel, it's that blame is a prison. Insofar as you blame the other party, you give your power to the other party. It's the narcissist's fault. The narcissist did this to me. The narcissist caused me. The narcissist made me feel. Those, those are all uh, statements that are, are languaging, that put power outside of the individual and give power away. And that's why there is not, it, it's, not a, it's not a situation of fault. It's not a, a matter of fault or fighting fault. 
it's my fault. Oh, or, I'm not asking people to blame themselves. I'm asking people to take back their power, to change what the situation means. Is it the beginning or is it the end? You know, are you broken or, or are you integrated? And that's what the supernova explosive reflexive state of self-preservation does is it integrates the individual immediately. It integrates all those, those nice guy repressed shadow aspects that cause a lot of uh, anxiety and depression and substance abuse problems and empaths. It integrates all those, uh, those, those parts of you that have been repressed and denied for so long. It integrates them in a, in a moment no, in a, in a moment, and boom, you've got this explosive, shocking, almost post-traumatic stress-inducing, um, I don't know, ass-kickery on the narcissist. You know what I mean? So, uh, the system, so yeah. The system starts firing and all the uh, all systems go on. Right. And you're like, my God, I didn't even know I had that in me. And, uh, and then you're truly awakened to the fact that you're not a victim and you're not a survivor either. You are... You are more than a conqueror. You are somebody who's at all this, this innate, this innate warrior spirit has lived in you this whole time. And our culture has had us repress this, this warrior aspect of us to be these nice guys, to be these people pleasing uh, sycophants that just go along with and, and, uh, you know, appease people and, and just go, go with the flow and, you know, not rock the boat and all this other stuff. It's like, man, that is that is wasting our lives. That is wasting our innate gifts. We are brought here to, to lead this empath uprising, to leave our empath, to lead our empathic brethren out of this victim mindset and to move the world, to tilt the world more, uh, more closely towards an empathic society where we experience true oneness, the 5D reality. That's, 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 that's what's at stake here. Our movement, our transformation from 3D victim fear-based consciousness, fear-based beliefs. We are currently right now experiencing what Bashar calls the eye of the needle. Anybody who's familiar with uh, Daryl Anka's work, who, who channels the entity Bashar, we are right now at that pivotal point of 2020 where we are going through the eye of the needle and the empathic brethren have to lead the charge. We have to be the ones who tilt the world more closely towards the empathic oneness and away from the narcissistic fear-based yeah, every scarcity mentality, all that other stuff. That's on us. Nobody else is going to do it. We've got to do it. And when I say we, I mean the super empaths. We've got to do it. Can I can I say, Pete? I'm not very familiar with Bashar. Could you go into a little bit of detail about that, please? Bashar is an extraterrestrial entity that is, I believe, from the Asasani alien culture. And it's, it doesn't matter whether people believe it or not. What matters is that Bashar, over the last 30-some years, has consistently channeled predicating factors, basically predicted. I mean, this is anybody can go back and look at Bashar's videos from 2019. He said specifically, 2020 is going to be a maelstrom. It's going to be crazy. It's going to be insane. It's going to be beyond anything anybody can imagine. And what the, the empathic brethren are called to do is stay calm, stay collected, stay still in the eye of the storm, the eye of the needle, to drop our fear-based beliefs, to forgive anybody who's trespassed us, and understanding from the higher mind's perspective that we were soul contracted with these narcissistic individuals who were brought here to wake us up, to catalyze our healing, to catalyze our awakening, to see it from the higher mind's perspective of, we have a job to do here. We can't get caught up in this karma, and we've got to get the, the narcissist got to get their retribution. That's all from 3D perspective. 
It's all from 3D. The narcissist karma is built in. They can never find love. They can never find true fulfillment. They can never, they're forever trapped in these zombie apocalypse type situations where they're just junkies chasing after narcissistic applied. Their, their karma is built in. And I understand they go through tremendous measures to make it look like they're often there happily ever after with a new supply, but it's all an act. It's all a facade. It's all a fraud. If anything, we should have more compassion for the narcissist because we can wake up, we can transform, we can heal, we can evolve. They can't. They are stuck in that soulless, lifeless existence, always chasing the next supply. So, so that's, that's basically it. I don't know if I, if I uh, encapsulated it, but we are currently at that pivot point where the train tracks are starting to divide. We've got to pick the timeline that we want for our optimal new earth, the, the new empathic uh, society, the empathic culture. And we've got to create that timeline. Empaths have to create that timeline because nobody else is going to do it. And it's happening right before our very eyes in this great awakening. I am um, brilliant, brilliantly put, Pete. Absolutely brilliant. Just a question with the train track splitting, what happens to those who do not go on the optimal time path? What happens? Those who uh, choose to stay mired in the, yes, 3D, yes, yes, yes. in the 3D victim consciousness and the 3D victim reality and the victim persecutor dynamic are going to experience the timeline that that manifests. And that is a, that is a timeline where their fear-based beliefs, where their scarcity mindset, where their victim mentality becomes realized. It is the self-fulfilling prophecy. Those of us who, are, who envision a more uh, empathic society, empathetic society, compassionate society, we are going to realize that timeline. Those who are mired in the victim-persecutor mindset where Bill Gates comes along and injects everybody with his toxic vaccine and microchips everybody, those people are going to realize that timeline. This is where the, the, the prism is uh, experiencing a slip, uh, split. And we only have a limited time to be able to choose which timeline we want to get onto. And now is that time. Now is that pivotal point. We are in the eye of the needle right now where we've got to decide what kind of society